0: And teams assemble and then teams disassemble. People join teams, people leave teams. And this is what I found to be true about where, where most breakdown happens in leadership, either if you're at the top of the organization, you're an individual contributor, or anywhere in between, is if your identity is at your role and what you do.
1: Welcome to Humans of SaaS. I'm your host, Ben Wynn. and on this show, I talk to entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders from the tech industry who each have a unique and compelling story to share. Casey Graham is the co-founder and CEO of Gravy, the leading failed payment recovery and customer retention solution for recurring revenue companies. Prior to launching Gravy, Casey founded The Rocket Company, which successfully exited in 2016. In today's episode, Casey and I talked about how his grandfather's suicide actually led him to entrepreneurship, how his hugely successful company exit resulted in him falling into a depression, and now how he thinks about life, work, company culture, and leadership. This conversation was fun, inspiring, and I learned a lot, so I'm sure you will too. Awesome, well, Casey, thank you so much for joining me on Humans of SaaS today. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. To kick things off, can you share just a little bit about yourself and Gravy? I wanted to know, especially your journey to founding. It was super interesting. I love digging into your background and. Um seems like it all sort of started with your grandfather's suicide, and it was a dark place to start, but I would love to share with the audience some of your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm Casey and my wife's name is Casey, I always tell everybody that.
1: Was that intentional? You're like, I have a bad yeah, memory and I need to marry someone with the same name. That's right. I'm
0: from Alabama, so I've got to keep things really simple. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, But she's not a family member. (laughs) That's key.
1: Uh, (laughs) Key to clarify. uh, That's the only state you need to clarify that.
0: (laughs) That's right. So um, long story short is been married for 17 years, have two kids, 14 and 10. And, you know, been an entrepreneur for, I guess I would say nobody's paid me a, a paycheck that I haven't been a part of producing for about 15 years now. Wow. And so fortunate enough to be able to start, grow and sell three companies and the story you mentioned of my grandfather's suicide happened when i was yeah. 12 years old and my grandfather was a was a small business owner and you know the long story short was got in over his head lots of debt owed people in this town was embarrassed and you know did what you know unfortunately too many people do and too many business owners do as they you know succumb to to that and it's a dark a dark thing in a dark place that people go to and I just remember being 12 and I remember going, I don't know what happened exactly. I don't know all the ins and outs, but whatever that was for him, I don't ever want that for me because I saw the aftermath of what it does to people around, around them. And so, you know, at that time, I was literally a 14, started my own grass cutting company, started investing in the stock market, $50 a month, every month, wow, literally. at 14. I was, 14, yeah, and then, wow, you know, then then added on a car wash service when I was in high school, and I could drive and wash cars. And in college, I did a startup called CollegeLoadout.com. It was when everything was named.com, and uh, right. we uh, we moved sorority girls out of their dorms, kept their stuff, and then brought it back in the next year. And that's where I met my wife.
1: So, I was gonna say, say circle, this was a strategic yeah. move, was this not? You were like, hey, I need to, I want to meet girls, and I want to make money. That's right. So
0: yeah, target market. Uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, to fast forward the entrepreneurial journey is I I did I did these start grow and sell kind of thing, and everybody from the exterior would go, "Well, you've lived the dream." I mean, you you exited, you sold to private equity, you've you know did all that, and I found myself a couple of weeks after I sold my last company, you know, two weeks later in a Starbucks all by myself, and I didn't like myself. My wife didn't like me. It was a dark place because when you sell a company you're not doing a financial transaction you're doing a life transition and I was not ready for that because what you sell you think you're selling a company but you really sell purpose showing up doing something being a part of something you sell team like you built the culture if you started it and so all of those people kind of you let in and you you have those relationships with and and you sell something that people don't realize is important, which is called structure of time. Because every entrepreneur I talk to says, I want freedom and I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to go wherever I want to get. I don't want to have anybody tell me what to do. But really, that's hell. Um, to not have uh, people counting on you and not have something to show up to and not having people that you do things with. And so, and out of that dark time, I tried 13 different ideas in 14 months. None of them worked. Oh, my, and my God. Yeah, my prevailing thought was, I think I just got lucky and I'm done. That took me back to thoughts that my grandfather had. And that took me all the way back around to why do I exist and why should I even keep going? I had my wife and my friends and people kind of, I've been the kind of guy that's carried people and been a friend for people through life, but I was now the one on the mat being carried. And so through that time, it was kind of like, a. I was kind of in the ashes and and Gravy then was an idea that was birthed out of that, which is the company that I co-founded five years ago this month. And oh wow, when it started, it started working pretty quick and I got scared that, am I just gonna do this again? Like, why am I doing this? And so from that, I built something that I had to say, listen, I don't have to do this. I could do something much easier. It's way easier to not deal with all the people and do all the company building. And it's not easy to start from scratch and grow something. And so I, uh, I said, I need to build what we call an owner's intent.
1: And what is, it? oh yeah, I was going to ask what owner's, owner's intent is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a single sentence that drives all of your business decisions. And, and the sentence answers the question, what do you want out of your business and your personal life? And you would think, oh, that's simple. But I've asked over a thousand people the simple question, what do you want? And then I shut up. And most people can't tell you in a sentence what they want.
1: What do most people say? They tell me everything they don't want. Interesting. So people know what they don't want, but they don't know what they want.
0: And then they'll ramble with these high level, like I want to travel and I want to experience the world. And I want to, I want to create a company that, you know, I want to exit and I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40, I want to They say all these kind of things. Yeah. And then I ask the next question. Okay, well, if that's true, why do you want that? And then I ask what I call the five whys. Mm-hmm. And I keep driving through them answering the question of why, what your answer was of what you want. Why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. Because if it's, I talked to a guy this week, he said, I want to have time, freedom, do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do. And I said, why? Well, I want to travel. Okay, well, why is travel important to you? And he's like, well, you know, I just want to go see the world. But, okay, I hear that. Why is that important to you? Yeah. And when you drill down through, you get down to the bottom of it. And and literally after about five to ten minutes of me drilling with him, of asking why it's important to him, it became important to him that he didn't have that experience as a kid, and mm-hmm. he wanted to be able to provide that for his children. And so then from there, we were able to build his owner's intent to be, that the reason he's building his company to be self-sustaining that doesn't need him is so that he could give experiences to his children that he did not have. Meaning if the company gets to that level, he's fine to not grow anymore. And nobody, nobody ever does this. Everybody thinks I need to grow. I need to get bigger. We need to do all this stuff. But when you know your owner's intent, you're not swayed by what everybody thinks you should do, what you Mm -hmm. think you should do, what LinkedIn thinks you should do, or what anybody else thinks you should do. You just go, I did it. And most people don't know the answer to those questions. And that's why we live in an endless pursuit of more and bigger and faster. And we always feel like we're not accomplishing everything we need to accomplish because we don't have an owner's intent.
1: Oh, I, I love that. So I'm curious, what is your owner's intent with gravy?
0: Uh, to build a company that my adult children want to work at someday if they so chose to.
1: Interesting, interesting. That's a, I, I like that a lot. Why is that important to you? Um, it's important to me because I've never built anything that I'm proud of. Oh, really? Even um, Rocket Company, you know, sold successful. That wasn't something you were proud of?
0: No, nope. not the, not the company. I was proud of the outcome, but I wasn't proud of the company.
1: What was it about the company that that you weren't proud of?
0: Um, it was short term oriented. It was profit only oriented. And at the end of the day, I was telling people it's about the mission, but really it was about me getting rich. And okay. so I lied to myself, which means that you lie to other people. To say, it's about the mission, it's about the mission, but you're counting your bank account and seeing how can I get rich, how can I get rich? And it's like, no, what you really need to do is just be honest with everybody about what we're doing here. Listen, I wanna build a lifestyle business that makes $600,000 a year so I can travel and be with my family whenever I wanna be with it, and that's why we show up and do this. Do you wanna be a part of that? Right and if people do then we're all on the same page and we're all clear and it reduces all of this anxiety and all of this false pretense of why we do what we do
1: i i think that's such an important thing for people to to hear and think about is just the, the honesty and the transparency especially with that mission i think we've gone i'm i'm really glad to hear you talking about that and i know you've got you know a significant following uh, you know who also are on that same wavelength i think there's still a lot of Place we need to grow as an industry, but I'm glad we've gotten through sort of that period in tech where it was the you know we're all a family and you know it, it's very much this like we're in this but we're not in this and there's sort of the separate class with you know venture capitalists being involved and there's a whole even the switch I was talking with someone the other day from you know stock options to RSUs like most companies are starting to make that switch because people have sort of realized that stock options are really not in your best interest if you're an employee depending on how you build things, but you know a company giving you actual shares is a different thing and it actually does count for a lot more and gives you a real sense of ownership instead of the potential for ownership should you know a liquidity event happen and should you be able to afford to buy your options and et cetera, et cetera. So I think what you're saying is really critically important part of a trend that we need to continue pushing for in our industry.
0: yeah, and I'm not I think the key inside of this Ben, is to understand that there's no judgment on what anybody's owner's intent is
1: oh for sure it's about being honest about it right it's like if you want to make a shitload of money i've talked with the founders where like that is that is their goal and i'm like great i know where we stand and then we can we can go from there but i think you you make a great point that if you're dishonest about your owner's intent then everything from there is just you know it's built on a fractured foundation
0: Yeah, and what I found out about your owner's intent is that whether you state it
1: or not, in the end, it will always appear. Interesting. Like it'll manifest in the culture kind of thing of the company? Yeah, because at the end of the day,
0: everybody already has an intent inside of them. Mm -hmm. Most people have never taken the time to truly discover it. You have one. I have. We all have Mm -hmm. one. But have we taken the time to truly narrow it down and truly be honest with it, pressure test it, go, is this true? Can I really live this way? Can I really, if it ended up this way, can I be okay with that? You know, really going through the process. And I found it takes about 90 days to get really clear about what you want and why you want it. Because at the surface, we think we know because we have... um, an unconscious bias that we can, we trick ourselves into believing certain things and justifying things right. um, just out of how what culture, what culture says, or how, the environment that we grew up in, in our homes and our families, the people that we're around. And so you really got to strip through all of that to get down to like, I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm not talking about, I ask people the are under intent. The they're like, well, we want to grow 10 minutes. I said, I'm not talking about your business. I'm talking about you. yeah what do you want and then inside of that that's where everything else is burnt out of
1: i mean gravy is a a, is a payments platform but you're obviously incredibly passionate about leadership and culture do you do you know uh, coaching as well or is this purely you know part of your part of your owner's intent right like that you want to create this cultural shift so as you grow this payments company and this fintech company you're also advocating for this
0: yeah, totally. I believe that everything in life is an excuse for relationships.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I simply believe that business and the revenue and the things that we create and the, the products that we want to build, we get so fixated on the business outcome that we forget that the benefit and the and the joy of it and everything that's good that comes out of it is the people that we build relationships with. And so leadership is about relationship period. And it's about treating other people better than you want to be treated. Now, I want to stop here and say, I'm a jacked up person. Well, I'm a human being and I'm selfish sometimes. And I've had times in my past where I've been greedy in negotiations and I've hurt (laughs) relationships and I've been short sighted. And uh, a lot of fear comes in entrepreneurs and it makes us make those decisions that ultimately hurt the relationships in the short term because we were under so much fear and pressure and we don't really see it through to go. If leadership is about relationship, then how can we maintain, and I'm not saying you gotta be everybody's friend, that's not what I'm talking about, but how can we treat people the way we wanna be treated? And it's really hard in high pressure environments to Mm -hmm. see the other person, slow down long enough to look at the long tail and realize that at the end of the day, whether your company succeeds or fails or is profitable or unprofitable, raises money or doesn't raise money, is that the people around it are what truly matters and carry on and doing the best you can. Here's the problem with that being, people will hear that and go, oh, well then, what about, you know, there's people that completely dislike me because I've had to let them go. Right. So I know, but there's certain points where it's just like there is a business element that comes involved, and so that's why it gets muddy and hard,
1: and that's why business is not family. It's true, like those. Yeah, you can't fire family. Uh, I mean, I guess you can in some ways, but not in the same. Yeah, sense. but you so really can't. <laughs> yeah, you, you no. can,
0: but you can't. You and and it's just at the end of the day, business is about team. Mm-hmm. And teams assemble and then teams disassemble. People join yeah. teams, people leave teams. And this is what I found to be true about where, where most breakdown happens in leadership, either if you're at the top of the organization, you're an individual contributor, anywhere in between, is if your identity is your role and what you do. Mm-hmm. Because if that's it, then, then and, and most people don't say that. Most people don't go, my identity is my role in what I do. But at the end of the day, when you start treating people very bad because of something didn't work out in your favor,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that means that there's a lot of identity and, and issues in there that you have like attached to that. And I would say that's the most dangerous part for people is to wrap that together because your company is gonna end. You're not gonna work there forever. Your roles are gonna change. Is that you are a human being that fulfills a role but don't mix the two together. You're not your roles. You're not your goals. You're you're a person.
1: I, I love that. And I think that that's, I mean, it, it applies to so much even just beyond. I, I, it's critically important, I think, to realize that we do that at work. I think it's an excellent point. Um, so many people, and especially like that's when your work-life balance goes to shit. And that's when, you know, a lot of other things fall off because your identity is so tied up in what you're doing every day at work. But I mean, it's the same thing with a lot of other things when people become very focused on, you know, tying their identity up with a certain group or with a certain culture or with a certain, you know, we're not, obviously we're not gonna get political, but with politics, like it's, you know, anything that's, that's that's why it's so important to do what you're talking about, which is doing the work to really uncover your purpose, your intent, what, and what is underlying that, why that is the way that it is. That's right. And so the last thing I would say on this point
0: is you made a really good point, Ben, that this happens too, where people go, I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad, right? right. Like those are, those are roles, yep. right? And so, no, you're a human being and you play the role of mom, you play the role of dad, or you play the role of friend, or you play the role of worker, you play, you you step in, we have many roles that we're a part of. The way you know you've, you've progressed out of it is when you become what my friend calls a non-anxious presence. Meaning the roles can be shook, Uh The goals cannot be met. The things can go, you can become really successful or you can fall really flat and you have the ability to stay steady through it inside of yourself. And achieving that is a lifelong journey and very difficult.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Catalyst Software, the fastest growing customer success platform on the market. Catalyst gives you unmatched customizability, a seamless bi-directional Salesforce integration that takes less than five minutes to set up, and a world-class customer success team that'll be by your side every step of the way. Let's be honest, whatever you're currently using might be good enough, but is good enough really what you're aiming for? Take your CS team to the next level by switching to Catalyst today. To learn more, visit catalyst.io, And if you aren't looking for a CS platform right now, you should subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn. Anyways, I make daily memes, we host all sorts of events, and we love to give away our swag, which has been called the comfiest swag in the industry. Again, check out catalyst.io to learn more. That would make life a lot easier if everyone was like that. But I agree lifelong and it's something we all definitely need to work on, Um, like, how do you recommend people go about doing that? And is there, especially, I'm curious as your role in your role leading gravy, are there any like company practices or things that you've put in place to help drive that culture or, or drive that shift internally?
0: I don't think it's a company responsibility. I think it's an individual responsibility. And I think the way that it flows through culture is that each individual practicing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would say the first step to practicing is is awareness. And so how do you know what you're attached your identity to? Well, I personally believe that you should never attach your identity to something that can go away. So yeah. what are things that could go away that would rock you and uh, your identity? And I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset or have fear and up and down. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that. But I'm talking about like that. that's like. The devastating things and we attach it to relationships, we attach it to money, we attach it to image, we attach it to our personal brand, we attach mm-hmm. it all these things. Like if those things went away, my question is who are you? Right. Who are you when you don't, when you're not the coworker? Who are you when you're not the mom or dad? Who are you when it's just you? And really, when you answer this question, do you know what it brings you to? Your mortality it takes you to the end because at the end, everything is, you're gonna lose everything on this earth. And so at the end, that's why things become so clear. And that's why things become so simple. And right. I, think the, the, I think the journey of life that then flows into your leadership or your relationships and all these things is to put yourself at the end and truly get yourself there to ask, how can I, when I get there, how do I do it? And so in my book, I end by sharing my obituary. Oh, interesting. And so I believe that everybody should have an obituary their whole life. Because that is, that is the simplicity, and you've got to write it in under 500 words. And if you want to, I'll get uh, Katie to send it to you, and people can link to it, and you can read mine. But you can read the obituary, and then that is the litmus test for how you're leading and living in your
1: life interesting do people talk
0: about this on your podcast or you must not usually i was gonna say like
1: we could go down a whole rabbit hole of like how to cope with mortality and and think about death now but i have i have other things i want to ask you about so you know we'll have to do more together but um (laughs) i did want to go back to what you were talking about because when you said i find it shocking that after selling rocket lane you spent you tried to work on 13 different new companies in 14 months I wouldn't call them companies. They were just ideas, 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 concepts. You know, you were in this depression after all this had happened, yet you were actively trying to jump back in. Like, was that because you missed like having that purpose or was it that you just weren't sure? Like, what was the motivation for doing that? Why weren't you, what, what stopped you from being like, Hey, you know, I've got money in the bank. I've got a beautiful family. I can now travel. I can do this. I can do that. Like, I'm just going to chill for a little while. And instead you're like, no more gas.
0: It wasn't about the gas. But here's the real answer. All of my friends are pretty much like middle class people that have jobs and they can't travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can do trips, but I'm not like around lifestyles of the rich and famous. And so yeah. my kids are in public school and are in school all throughout the year. My wife has her work that she does. And so at the end of the day, just because I achieve something doesn't mean that everybody can uproot their life and go, let's just go chill on Casey's schedule for the next 14 months. Right. And so at the end of the day, I still left my house to go to work, but really just to go to Starbucks. And I would spend two and three hours a day journaling and processing and all this kind of stuff. But you can't do all that crap all the time. Like we're built to, we're built to build if you're an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and built to do things. And so- through the middle of it. It wasn't about more gas. It was me seeking and grasping for like, w- w- what am I gonna do? What does life look like? It, you know, h- how do I move forward? What does work mean to me? And that's what really uh, that time was about. Interesting.
1: Can you share, like w- w- was there any particular idea you had during that time that oh, you yeah. thought was great, but now you're like, oh no, that was terrible. Or where you're like, oh, I still think that could work, but you know, the world isn't no. ready for so umbrella I started, pants or something. Yeah
0: well it's it's about that crazy so i started <laughs> I, I started a apparel company
1: which okay
0: i wear this is a costco <laughs> shirt and costco shoe. i i can i wear flip flops every i don't care anything about fashion but the apparel company to make it even crazier was for college game day for females they're called Okay. And so it was called game day every day and talking about <laughs> okay. how do you create, create cool college apparel that you could wear every day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so we got it up and running. We got Facebook ads going. We got people design the stuff. We got a lady in that knew how to do it and all this stuff. And then I remember getting the first package back and it was from a college lady. And she said, uh, this is not a slinky V this is some other thing. And I didn't even know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> and as soon as I got that return back and I realized oh my god we're sending clothes to like college fashion people and all this kind of stuff I don't even know what a slinky v is I'm out of my lane and we (laughs) shut that down
1: interesting we actually uh, made
0: money that we we made money but it was one of those like this isn't who I am like give me a, me a break
1: fair enough I mean yeah makes sense gotta gotta Have some sort of in general, you need some sort of expertise or some some domain expertise to to get in, or you have to or passion or something. Yeah, you to to learn about it and like be excited to learn what a slinky V is. I I don't know what that is, so I'm I guess I'm also not qualified. But I moved I moved on okay i know you said but i mean we we were talking about you know thinking about your owner's intent and sort of and purpose and cultivating that as a culture you know i agree with you it's on the individual level it's not something a company should be like hey everyone we're going to do a collective you know i know a company that paid like 50 grand to a meditation consultant last year to like you know have everyone breathe together like i know that's not the vibe but in terms of your leadership style at gravy how do you think about nurturing other leaders within the organization i know it's something a lot of companies are actively trying to always to get better at so is there any advice you would impart for companies that want to build their team members up to become great leaders
0: yeah um number one when people come in we help identify their what i call career intent Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing as owner's intent but it's about their career because speaking the owner language you know doesn't translate um but but they do own their career path
1: that's a i i want to double what sorry to use the expression but double click on that um, the techism that's something that even still now i see is a big gap with a lot of founders especially early founders is they forget that their employees don't own the company that there is a there is a big difference they do not own the equity that you own and they do not have the same drive that you and so it seems like an obvious thing, but it's a big disconnect that I think people are getting better at, but I see a lot. And they expect that their team members put in the same level of dedication and sacrifice and all of that that the founders are putting in, but it's an unbalanced equation. And and so that was just something that um, jumped out at me right away.
0: It is, and so what you've got to do is essentially help them understand what's in it for them, mm-hmm. and you've got to help them understand that it's temporary. And so we start by looking at the end. We talked about in life, looking at the end of life, but we start by helping them look at the end of their time of gravy. Say It may be six, it may be six months, it may be six weeks, it may be six years, but this is not going to be some 60-year thing that you are in, you know, a part of. So, you know, reality is most people in this culture stay, you know, 18 to, to 36 months is what you're gonna mm-hmm. get. Most just most of the time, it's just normal. And so we we shrink the time horizon because everybody's like, I'm in. And that's where you get the whole, we're family and we're locking arms yeah. <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And we just slow that down a little bit and say, uh, help them um, identify, answer this question. And it's simply why, why it, we call it why I gravy. Why I gravy. And inside of that, we help them understand that they're here, but like, why are you here specifically for you? Mm-hmm. And then we walk them through it. And there's usually... Two drivers I've seen. One is income uh-huh. or income opportunity. Yep. Another is advancement. Uh-huh.
1: So in terms some type of, title of advancement. Or in terms of
0: whatever that is to them. Uh-huh. There's really a third one, which is um, stability that we've seen. Right. And so I didn't see this one. That's the opposite of what a founder wants. Right. And so an example of income, people come in and we get them and they're like, no, like. My goal within 18 months is to make, you know, $100,000, you know, bubble, like get really clear about why are you here? What are you looking for? And then from that, it's like, then we, we can say to them, we think we can help you get there or that we don't think we can help you get there. And so it helps people with, with that. Another one with advancement, I had a guy come in and he was like, no, I'm just excited to be in sales. And I was like, listen, I, I hear that all the time. And after me taking him through the exercise, he he eventually said, you know, the real reason I'm here. And I was like, here's the real answer. (laughs) He said, because gravy's got a a, a decent brand. I felt like if I came here and if I got to management, I could then fast forward to a director or VP role at another company. And so honestly, gravy's a stepping stone for my career.
1: Interesting.
0: And so that was super helpful because then Mm -hmm. you can say, we will help you be the best stepping stone, because if he's going to crush it and be a great sales guy and then go into a sales manager and we keep him for 18 months and he jumps on, wonderful. But we're all lying to each other about why we show up at places. And so if you say, what does that have to do with leadership has everything to do with leadership, because you can't develop people. The easiest people to lead are the ones who know where they're going. Right. And so until somebody knows where they're going, it's hard to Manage or influence their leadership and life in a certain way that's going to be helpful to them in the end. And so that's where I believe you got to start as an organization is uncovering that. And then some people say it's your why, but the why stuff is too ethereal. It's too right. like, you know, I all make this a positive like positive
1: impact. I want to, yeah, you know, like, yeah, 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 no
0: It's like, no, duh, great. You're yeah. going to do that if you're a good person. Okay, yeah. if you made a positive impact and I cut your, your salary in half, would you stay? No. Okay, well, then you <laughs> care about money, right? So yeah, uh, great point. That, that, that's what it is. And so I, I believe the leader's job is to help people understand what they want and why they want it, and then you see if you can help them get there.
1: It's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it sounds great the way you put it, but I mean, even that, I, I think it's rare that you'd even find a salesperson like that who knew what they wanted. Enough to be able to articulate in that way, even if it's not the first thing they sent. Because there's a lot of people that still don't know, you know, where they want to be in a, you know, two years, let alone five or ten. And so, yeah. you know, either uncovering the why or figuring out, well, let's pick a temporary one that makes sense to you that, we, that right. really gives us something to aimed towards. That's right. Is still a challenge. But I do love that you carry this obituary idea over to how you actually run the company, right? It's like let's talk about you leaving the company. It's, that's what it reminded me of, is that same concept, right? It's like, let's talk about the end of your, your work life here instead of your actual <laughs> life. Um, you know, what does that look like? What do you want your colleagues to say about you? What do you want your relationship to be with your boss when you leave? You know, what kind of things do you want in your portfolio? Like, all of that is so important, and I think it's a conversation that a lot of leaders are not having with their team members, and if they are, it's a fleeting, like, you know, one question on a, on a mile-long thing that they check off, you know, once a year or something like that.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason leaders don't do this is because we think we control people more than we do. Like, it threatens a leader who believes that they... I, you you can tell a lot about a leader by the pronouns that they use.
1: Interesting. How so? Can you give me an example? Yeah,
0: yeah people say, my staff.
1: Mm, okay.
0: It's not your staff. No, it's not your st- It's It's our team. You can see it a lot in LinkedIn posts what people, what the pronouns they use, what they say about themselves, what they say about others, how they say, and and you can tell a lot about how people lead inside of that. And so I I believe that the reason why people aren't open about why they're there and their work career and all of that kind of stuff is because it will threaten the leader's identity that they're not loyal and they don't want to be here and all this kind of stuff, and that's just not true. And so you have gotta let people know that they have their own dreams and they have their own goals and they have their own things and that everybody is here and leadership is temporary. And, and you're gonna have a temporary impact on them. And what that temporary impact is is that you gotta have open hands to go, I don't own these people. This isn't my staff. This is Eric and Eric needs to be an entrepreneur and I am completely fine with that. I'm glad Eric was here for two years.
1: Talk about these sorts of things. I know you have a, a regular newsletter. Yeah. Uh, I love that you do this counter in in LinkedIn, where I, every time I go back to your profile, it ticks up, and I can see how many people uh, are subscribing. And it seems like it's du- it's doubled in the last what six months or something like that. It's going up crazy. Well, I did, like, yeah, I only quickly. started
0: it in January.
1: Oh, you only started in January, so it's only been five months. Four, well, four months, I guess. Yeah, and you're about already four months. Near in six thousand people. Yeah. That's fantastic. yeah. How did you, how come you started it? Um, Like you're a CEO growing company, the last thing, every CEO I know is drowning in time. And then when they do have a bit of time, they're trying to spend time with their family or they're trying to do other things. So why is this something that makes the cut of importance to to take time out of your day?
0: I am on LinkedIn. My stated mission is to recruit A plus people for zero cost. Okay. And so that's why I do everything I do on LinkedIn. And you notice I didn't say to recruit A plus people at zero cost per gravy.
1: Okay. Interesting. That I made that assumption. So why why is that not the case?
0: Because I'm 41 years old. And I believe that if I'm blessed to have, let's just say, the average of 78 years,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I've got, you know, 35, 36 years, 37 years left on Earth. And if that's true. I know about myself because you can know a lot about people's future by their past. And if I know about my past is that I'm gonna start stuff, I'm gonna grow stuff, I'm gonna sell stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I know that to be true and I know I enjoy being in business, then I'm gonna have 37 years of of needs as it relates to meeting great people to do business with. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I started the email list was to harvest the relationships that an algorithm is unsustainable at giving you. And so to put put them in a controlled environment to where you can have those relationships and that once a week email nurtures those relationships, that as we span through time, if I add enough value and people stay on the list because it's valuable and they wanna be there, that as we span through time is that there's gonna be great people that then, for different opportunities and different reasons that we can meet at different times. And so that's why I built the email list.
1: That's excellent. I appreciate the honest answer as well. And it wasn't like a fluffy thing about improving leadership. I'm sure that's important. I like, I'm sure that's an important thing to you. That's like a nice to have about the newsletter and that that's one of the wise, but, um, I love that you're straight, straight to the core of the, the, here's what I really want out of, out of this.
0: Well, the bit, I want people to live better and lead better. Yeah. But the way to stay in touch with people is to add value to their life. If you don't add value to their life, they're going to leave. Right and so there may be people we never do business with or we never have a relationship with and all of that kind of stuff but you still add that value along the way and you you can't hurt yourself by adding value
1: but it's amazing how many people don't understand like it's there's still a very predominant zero-sum game mentality where people have this idea of you know i had to struggle so you should have to struggle the same way
0: hmm what do you mean by that that's interesting
1: well there's a there's a A lot of people, I mean, not just necessarily in tech, but I think you come across in a wide variety, and I'm sure it comes out of insecurity and things like that, but there's a lot of people that have the feeling of, you know, I had to go through X, Y, and Z to get this role, to get this promotion, to um, get this job opportunity. Therefore, you should have to do the same. And I don't want to, you know, I could introduce you to this person, but I had to do all these things in order to get that introduction or build that relationship and get it to where it is. Um, and I think there's a, two sides to that. Right. There's there is definitely sure. people will over ask and it's up to you to set, you know, comfortable boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I am with you in that, you know, providing value is the, uh, the ultimate strategy is like help, helping others as much as you possibly can within reason, within, you know, sustainable boundaries is um, the best way to go about life in general. I just think that that's not necessarily a fully um, adopted mentality in the industry? It
0: it never will be.
1: You don't think ever? Never. Is that human nature?
0: Human nature. And at the end of the day, we're all selfish at our core. And people want to believe, oh, I'm not. Really, we're all selfish at our core. And that the journey of life is different character tests to develop us to release the self to be more focused on other people. And so... Um, I think that those people you just spoke of that won't do the introduction or they won't do the thing or whatever, they simply haven't passed the test yet that they're not the most important person on earth. True. And what I know, what I know about the test that life offer us, especially leadership test until you pass that one, you're not going to get offered a new one. And so that's right. why you see people get older, but they don't get better. Right. Right. And so for me, for me, the test that I'm having to go through right now is the is the uh, joy test.
1: And what's the joy test?
0: No matter what business outcomes are, no matter if people like me or dislike me, no matter if my stock personal brand stock is up or down, no matter if uh, I get invited or I don't. No matter any of those things, that I can live and lead with joy on a daily basis, and I I am not there yet.
1: How are you working towards that goal? The first step is
0: awareness. I've got a I've got a soul counselor. His name's Matt Adair, and he's on LinkedIn and he's worth following, and so he helps the souls of driven leaders. And we text every day, and we talk, and we meet once a month, and we grab lunch, and um, having a coach to me to process my emotions and my thoughts with who also understands leadership and business, not just a psychologist counselor type, which I've done that too. But I've found it's frankly not very helpful when you're processing business decisions. So it's that kind of coach in my life that's helping me do that. And that's uh, number one. Number two is I meet with an executive coach who cares a lot about this um, every single Monday. And so having coaching and mentor is a big deal.
1: Excellent. I think that's something that I mean, I personally need to get better at it, and it's the regularity. I feel like I'm lucky that I have a lot of people in my life that, um, you know, are, are farther ahead of me in their, in their careers and are very generous with their time and advice, but it's that routine, right? Having that weekly check-in, having the, that monthly check-in that I think is personally yeah. something I need to work on, because otherwise it's, it move, doesn't move forward consistently, right? It's incremental or it's, it's um, sporadic. Right.
0: And um, having people that have nothing to gain or lose from your business success is, is yes. a key component.
1: Interesting. That's definitely, that's definitely, I see that for sure. Um, I know we're coming up on time, but I wanted to ask you a bit more about gravy, um, in terms of, you know, what you've accomplished there. So, the, so far, I think you said you're, or maybe I read it, that you're up to 150 employees now, uh, we're
0: at about a hundred,
1: a hundred. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. That's a fun milestone to get to. What has been your proudest moment to date in the company? Proudest moment to
0: date. I would say there was a lady, her name was Patience that started and she came in probably about three years ago. You're smiling. Do you know Patience? I don't. No. Okay. Great name though.
1: Yeah. I was, I was thinking, I was like, I I, yeah. I want to make some puns, but I'm not going to. So I'm going to. She She was, She her name
0: came from like a Guns N' Roses song or something. Love so it. Uh, long story short, as she came in and she came from when I. If I told you her life story, you would go like, "Wow, I can't believe you sur- literally survived." I mean, wow. no food in the home, electricity cut on and off. Like I'm talking really, really bad. And uh, she, you know, self-made person went to college on her own. She ended up falling into our lap, which we were blessed to have her. And she would never smile. She she made this comment one time that one of her life goals was to she promised herself when she was broke and a teenager and living in crazy households that she would get herself braces because her parents wouldn't and so we called her one day and um we were we were able to to grant her some braces oh
1: my god and, that's
0: great um and we paid her with braces not her salary but just you know, <laughs> we paid we yeah. paid for her braces yes and she kept them on while here and by the time that she left she recently left a couple months ago and um she smiles all the time she's become like the brightest like joyful smiley person ever Amazing. and to watch to transformation of somebody from you know kind of feeling beat up doesn't smile whatever was a wonderful person but then that transformation you know i'll take that story with me as as something that matters well beyond profit or business accomplishments or goals any day
1: that's beautiful i love that and it's such a an incredible impact to be able to have as you think about so um, for gravy, are you uh, and is it entirely self-funded? Was it bootstrapped, or did you take on investment for the company?
0: Um, we took on a small round from a family office that I'm a part of, and the the, the founder of that family office, I was only three uh, three million dollars. The guy has been my mentor since I was seven years old, and actually I have a call oh, wow. with him in eight. I have a call with him in eight <laughs> minutes, and he's oh, never right. once a, he's never once asked me about the investment. Our founders own the vast majority of the company. So we're a mostly bootstrap. We're not in the rat race of venture capital and we don't have to raise any more rounds.
1: Fantastic. I I mean, I think, because I I was curious about, you know, growth. I know you're thinking about building company differently. It's not like a grow or die mentality. It's a grow sustainably, build culture, you know, nurture this this way of doing business. Um, But as you grow, how are you thinking about maintaining this culture that you have worked really hard to build over the last few years at the company especially you know i'm sure you've seen a cultural difference going from 30 to 100.
0: yeah it's extremely difficult and honestly if i'm if i'm being honest i don't know how to do it with a large company so i don't know how to do it so we're going to keep doing what we do uh we'll keep and i I believe getting the right type of people that 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 are values fits Um, Mm -hmm. that makes the biggest difference but my real answer is, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it.
1: Well, I mean, judging by our conversation, I have every faith that you will figure it out when the time comes. So um, I will I will let you go, but Casey, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Where should people find um, your newsletter? Where should people learn more about gravy?
0: Yeah, so gravy solutions.io is the company and then um, my personal writing on leadership happens all on LinkedIn. And so I'm just Casey Graham there. And then uh, you can see from there where to go and uh, get on the email list and all that stuff is in my headline on LinkedIn.
1: Fantastic. I can I can definitely vouch for Casey being an excellent follow. So um, again, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
0: Thank you so much, Ben.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Make sure to subscribe, and if you want to reach out to us, our email is community at getcatalyst.io.